This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. And welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And today, it's not just the three of us, there is a fourth person on the episode. The one, the only, Ben Nichols! Woo! Yay! Yeah, so um, to save me making a dog. Yeah, no, he's he's Inside, I'm... Inside, yes. <laughs> he's, he's pumped. But yeah, so to um, save me making a dog's dinner of trying to give uh, the listeners the back catalogue of your life in property, I will hand over to you, Ben, to tell all of our listeners and us as well who you are and what you do. Okay. My name is Ben Nichols, and I have been investing in property for uh, nine years now. Yeah, 10 years next year. Wow. Um, so are, you having, are you having a party? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I wasn't going to, but as of 10 seconds ago, I am. Yeah. Sweet. Nice. Um, so I um, I did some education and um, picked an area, ended up in the lovely Grimsby. In fact, the full title of oh! Grimsby. Oh, sorry, Joe's got very excited. <laughs> I'm really excited because I've, I've invested in Grimsby too. Oh, I didn't oh, know this about you. Wow. Okay, okay no. cool. Carry on. Carry on. Carry on. Get that excited about <laughs> I was going to say, there must have been a good reason. But the actual title. Sorry, I got really Grimsby, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Disproportionately so. Um, <laughs> the actual title of the town of Grimsby is Great Grimsby. Not many people know that, but I, I like to tell people that I am putting the great back into Grimsby. Oh my God, Ben, that's so good. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I've got a portfolio here with my business partner and we are now currently actively investing in Birmingham. So we've changed area and strategy and that's what we're doing down there at the minute. And, um, yeah, and then I, but my vocation, my passion is family history. So I am a family historian. I've set up my own little company called Footsteps. I did that officially five years ago, although I've been researching my own family history since I was 23, um, so most of my life, and, and I started helping other people out informally, and then eventually it got to a point where I decided to formalise it, um, create a little business, get a website, because that meant I could help more people, basically, um, if I put myself out there. I could start helping random strangers as well. And that's been brilliant, absolutely love it. And I do talks um, for groups, mainly WI, U3A, that kind of thing. Um, and I absolutely love doing that anyway, but that drums up good business too. So in fact, I've had, um, I've spoken to three people already this week and I've got um, projects to do for them. So it's great. And I do, I, I research ancestry and I do family trees, but I also reconnect long lost family which is my favorite thing pardon yeah i'm nicking davina rolled into one and as of last week i reunited an 82 year old woman with her birth family wow wow yeah. that's very impressive 
Uh, I, I absolutely love it. And I um, saw her daughter last week and I um, gave her the final bit of information and I gave her an email address and a phone number for um, her mum's half-brother. And, um, and I said, please keep me posted because I'm, this isn't the end of the transaction as far as I'm concerned. I'm emotionally invested in this. I'm so happy that I've been able to do this for you. Um, so please tell me when you make contact and how you get on. Please tell me about how the when you finally meet each other, how that goes, you know, that kind of thing. I just absolutely love it. Wow. Okay. He's like a little bit amazing, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> the human side of life. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Well, I mean, um, I believe that um, what happened in, in particularly the 50s and the 60s with single unmarried mothers and how their babies were stolen from them and given up for adoption. I, I think that's a crime against humanity, personally. So what I'm doing now is, in, a, in little ways, starting a healing process from that trauma that happened all that, all, all that time ago. Wowza. Oh, my God. Hmm. Yeah, can right. we just not talk about property and just talk that's about that's it? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. So, so in terms of your your research, then you know, do you find yourself in? Well, is it all online now, or do you still have to go out and get into? Yeah, where, where you go, libraries, um, yeah, archives, that kind of stuff. Oh, a lot of it is online, and um, the online stuff is a brilliant um, index. So you can use it as a starting point if the records have been scanned and you can see a copy of the original. That's great. Um, if you see an index, it could be mistranscribed, there could be errors, um, but if you actually see a copy of the original document, then, um, you know, you're on safe ground. Um, so that's saving a lot of time and effort. But then there's more specialist and niche information that um, hasn't been scanned yet because I guess it's not financially viable to. Um, and that's when you do have to go back to the old repositories and the old archives um, and um you know book your appointment and come and scroll through microfiche for hours on end wow Gosh. and uh, yeah I, I remember there was a, a news article about a year ago i say um where they were talking about um some some records that have been scanned and they were trying to get members of the public to basically type in all the details and um what you could do is you go and you log in and then literally just you could do a page at a time, do like two or three or four pages, and you literally just type it in as like a crowd source thing. Is that are they doing that type of thing a lot, or is that was that just yes. a one? Yeah, they have done. And I a, a lot of my family come from Hampshire, so I I joined their genealogical society, and they did ask for volunteers. So I said, yeah, happily do that. And they said, we'll give you parishes where your families live. So it's a double whammy. So you can help us out with our project, and you can also find stuff about your family at the same time. So I said, yeah, please send me um, stuff from the, this time period in that parish. And then nothing happened. And then because they I was um, I was away. So I was using my dad's address as a correspondence address and he lost and they sent me a load of stuff and they he lost it or it, it got mislaid or something. And then a long, long time later, he said, oh, by the way, found this. It's for you. And I opened it up and it was all the parish stuff that they sent me. And not heard back from me. Fortunately, I know the secretary quite well. So I rang her up and I said, I'm really, really sorry. I've got something to tell you. And she goes, oh, don't worry about it. We assumed you didn't have time for it and sent it to somebody else. I said, no, I would have absolutely loved to have done it. But my dad lost it in the post. 
<laughs> but yeah, so they, they are. Wow. Oh my goodness. I have so many questions. I always do when like someone comes on with this sort of much diversity to their introduction. <laughs> like, it's like, where do you start? Okay. So I'm going to bring it back to property. My first question is, right. If you're bringing the greats or are you continuing to bring the great to Grimsby or have you stopped investing in Grimsby altogether? I, I've, I've stopped buying in Grimsby for the time being. Good. Less competition for me. That's fantastic. So anyway, that was my first question. Second question is if you're bringing the great to Grimsby, what are you bringing to Birmingham? Because I was like, oh, ham. I was trying to, you know, like what's in the title? It's yeah, ham. Just, yes, I see what you mean. Well, just, just getting um, alliteration, really. Yeah. Or, yeah, the brilliant. I'm bringing the brilliant to Birmingham. I know it doesn't, brilliant Birmingham. It doesn't work in the same yeah. way. I get that. Or they're about the, the burr to Birmingham. It's called. Yeah, it's not royal. You can't, you no. can't say they're bringing the, the royal to Birmingham because it's not royal. Um, no, but Sutton Coffee. Yeah. Sutton Coffee is the royal town of Sutton Coffee. Um, yeah, well, you need to start investing there. Otherwise, your whole strap line's out the window, mate. Um, right. So, okay, yeah. leave that one with me. Because okay. the, the areas I'm investing in are Yardley and Acox Green, and then um, yep. Harborn and Quinton. But because I've already had an offer accepted in the Yardley Acox Green area, I'm, I'll leave Quinton Harborn for a minute. So, Yardley mm. and Acox Green, Yardley, Yardley. Bringing well, what, do you, what, what, are you, what are you bringing back to Acox Green? Well, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I wondered if you'd pick up on that. Um, so, shall we? Shall we move on? <laughs> I do. I do actually know Acox Green, so I'm going to assume this is an HMO. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But actually, um, this this is a very specific strategy. Now, I've got three HMOs in a different part of Birmingham, and I've leased them to a housing provider, and we're that deals with adults. So adults who have who are working their way back to normality for want of a better expression. Um, and so they're they're supported housing, but they don't need a massive amount of support. Mm -hmm. um, but then my provider um, is her company and I know know her really well. And she said, what I really want to get into is children's homes. And I said, yeah, I'll be bang up for that. So the the Yardley Acox Green thing is this one we're just about to buy is going to be a children's home and um that really resonates with me um because i i love kids i've got six nephews and a niece who i absolutely love spending time with i want children of my own in the future and i've always just gotten well with um kids when i was younger and um kids of friends and that kind of thing i just enjoy their company so to be able to combine that with a property strategy where all i'm doing is providing the bricks and mortar but it's it's um a, something that i can invest in emotionally so i want to make sure that these houses are brilliant and i know that the housing provider will bring a brilliant um element of care to it so she'll sort out all the staffing and everything um, and all I really need to do is, is find the house, but I want to do it because I want to help as many kids in Birmingham as I possibly can um, with a sense of stability. And if they have that level of that high level of care as well, then hopefully they'll live in my house for a long time. And that's going to be part of their development and maybe their rehabilitation, for want of a better expression again. And although I'll never meet them, um, 
I still know that I've been part of that process and that will mean a lot to me. So that pretty much answers the question then without even asking it. <laughs> About the human side. Yeah, so the human yeah. side of probably means to yeah. you. Yeah, sorry, I jumped the gun. I was too excited. <laughs> But All right, we'll forgive you. Okay. you help, yeah, so you're helping uh, young people in the past and the present. Oh, very good, oh, Matt. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. But mm. for example, it's like uh, I know people that um, go to town on their HMOs and they put photos all over Instagram and stuff and they look amazing and that's great. And then people who do service accommodation in particular, and I've got a friend who's really got into service accommodation in a big way, and she will personally decorate every single room theme everything and up to now I've been like it's just a house as long as it's nice and it does its job I couldn't couldn't care less but with these houses the children's homes I want to put my stamp on them so for example uh, they need as much communal space as possible so in and suburban Birmingham houses aren't massive so there's usually two communal rooms um, a decent sized kitchen downstairs obviously the bedrooms upstairs and then um, the one with Bayern has got a garage on the back. Um, so it's the, the back wall of the, of the garden is the, is the side wall of the garage. So what I've said to my builder is, right, we're going to brick up the garage and we're going to knock a hole in the wall to put our door in and we're going to have a, like a summer house. So there's an outside communal space as well. So it's not a room as such, but they can be out in the garden or they can go into the summer house and there might be a pool table in there or something like that and bean bags. And it's just a different kind of chill out space. And so I want all my houses to have some form of summer house in the back garden. And, and you know, and um, that will be my kind of brand. I mean, the kids won't know because I'm hoping they'll only live in one house so they won't be able to compare. So it won't mean anything to them as such, but the space will. And I'll know that, um, I mean, maybe if the staff move around, they go, oh, I want to live in one of, I want to work in one of Ben Nichols' houses because I love this aspect of it. And it maybe- their, maybe... makes their job easier, isn't it? Pardon? It can help yeah. make their job easier. Yes. So first of all, it's kind of a, a uniform thing. You know what you're getting when you're in one of my houses. Um, but it's just a bit more, it's, it's like, a, like, like a nice little novelty thing as well. Definitely. And I'd like to name them all. So think of a theme, and I'll have a chat with um, the housing provider about this. And so call them, like, not trees, but trees is a good example. So one would be oak house, one would be acorn house, one would be ash house, one would be sycamore house, something like that. Or, but or like theme... marble characters. Yeah, yeah, Store exactly. House. Iron yeah. Man house. Yes. Hulk house. Yeah. Hulk smash. Oh it. my god, you are living your comic fantasy right now. Bring it back to trees. Bring it back to trees. That's more Niles <laughs> territory. <laughs> we can go composers. We can go um, Oscar House, Peterson. Yeah. That kind of idea. And again, um, yeah. I mean, if it was if it was Marvel characters, then you know the kids might notice that. And go, oh, that's cool. But again, it's not so much about. Um, how much they would appreciate it. It's just about putting a brand to it. So, because I do want to uh, invest a bit more of myself into these, these refurbs and getting it right, because um, what's going to happen in there once it's refurbed um, means something to me more than everything else I've done up to now, I guess. 
It sounds Absolutely. like you've, you've um, tied, like you talked about the, the transaction not ending when you gave the details to the, you know, the, the, this, this, this um, ancestry job that you mm. did. So mm. you, you want to know what happens beyond that. It's, it's more about you know, the story doesn't end when the transaction is done. The story ends when, when, when the human side of things comes into it. Same with, with this, yeah. you know, you, you create the bricks and mortar, but you don't want to just go and sit on the, sit on the, Bahama, on, yeah, in the Bahamas whilst someone else looks after your property. You want to know how are my houses creating an impact? So, um, so it's the human side again. Yeah, I mean, with, with the adult social houses I've got in Birmingham, I'm not so bothered about them. I know they're being well looked after and it's great and I know I'm doing a good thing, but I don't really think about them much because I don't have to, because with the lease, I just get paid every month. And if something needs fixing, it gets fixed and I don't even have to pay for it. So that is a really good, I mean, that's a brilliant hands-off strategy for property. But but with this, um, I don't know, because it's not even like I'm going to get a progress report on how the kids are doing or anything. It's just... I know that I'm doing so much good in a way that I want to. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard to explain, I think. Oh, I get it. And I think what you're making me think of, I sat and I, I uh, listened to a, a friend um, uh, do a talk the other night on the emotional responsibility that we have in what we do hmm. and how that falls under six classifications and ideally your business should have one emotional responsibility and listening to you it's making me think about two elements of those six things I can't recall all of them off the top of my head I might but one of them is certainty so what you do as a human being is you give people certainty of their roots so there's something very tree-like about that, right? Which is lovely, right? So that whole ancestry, where do I come from? But then like Matt said, it's also going, it's future facing because you're giving children certainty and safety mm. with a really nice home. That is, if that links into this idea of taking root and security and mm. nature and harmony, something lovely about that. By the way, do something with tree houses in the garden. So even if it's not in a tree, which probably won't pass most safety checks, I would imagine. Mm. Building control may have issue with that. I think... What you could do is like create like a tree sanctuary in, in the garden. So it links to your to your brand. If you go with trees nicely, tree houses are always fun, even if it's just concept. Um, yeah, that, that could even and, be within the little summer house. Yes, yes that's, what yeah, that's what I mean. That's that's exactly what I mean. They're tree houses. Yeah, they're, they're outdoor tree houses, which you could do all sorts of exciting things with. But the other thing was one of the other elements that she talked about in one of these six elements <clears throat> was um, contribution. So yours feels like it's those two emotional responsibilities that are driving your business, which is why all of a sudden you care about them so much, because mm -hmm. now you've got you're providing certainty, but you're also contributing to a housing need that is emotionally driven. That's mm -hmm. lovely. Yeah. I think that's just lovely. Yeah. 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 And, what, and what was also interesting is when I first got into property, I was a bit of a knobhead. I just wanted to be a millionaire. And I wanted yeah, yeah. to buy houses so that I could literally tell all my friends and family how many houses I own. Yes. But very quickly time. that changed, thank God. And then, yeah. but the real turning point for me was, because I was, I was housing people in my personal portfolio who were on benefits and low-income families and that kind of thing. And that was fine by me because I'd worked for um, housing, uh, housing associations before. And I dealt with renteries. So I'd seen pretty much everything and um, I'd helped a lot of people through my job, um, sorting their budgets out, um, you know, being able to apply for the, making sure they're applying for the right benefits, getting the right amount of money and so on and so forth. 
Um, and so I didn't, so I was, I quite enjoyed the fact that I was able to help people through doing that. But I remember the first house, second house I bought, but the first family that moved into that house are still living in that house. God, um, 2014, seven and a half years later. And their youngest daughter was two when they moved in. And they, when they moved in, they'd come from somewhere else, like 80, 90 miles away. And they'd moved something to do with witness protection. So they'd had insecurity and fear where they were. And they'd moved into my house, bringing all that baggage. Um, some of their kids had, you know, physical issues and all that kind of thing. So they'd come from a very stressful environment. And I was able to give them a house and say, well, that's one thing off your mind because you can live here as long as you like and you don't have to worry about moving. Um, and then they'd, and then I suddenly realized they'd been there five years. And I especially thought about the youngest one because I thought she's seven now and she moved in when she was two. So she won't know anything else, but at least for all her life that she can remember, she's at least had the security of that home that I've been able to provide for her. And that's when it suddenly started getting powerful for me. Yeah. It's Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is that the, the bottom tier of the, of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs gets food and shelter. Mm -hmm. Then shelter. actually you can start to then work on everything else. So by providing that, it just takes, as you say, the pressure off um, that so that they can focus on having a life, actually yeah. working on everything else and yeah, reducing stress like one, one thing at a time. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, really it's so good. It goes back to that element of certainty again. It's that safety and that yeah. sort of, yeah, that, that home. Yeah, it's great. But isn't it amazing? Like we've seen this so many times in the conversations that we've had with other investors. Like it always starts off with that same you know, aspirational kind of, you know, wealth driven yeah. greed, I suppose, for want of a better word, you know, like I'm going to be a landlord, I'm going to be an investor. Yeah. And you just, it's something changes and it suddenly becomes more meaningful and that's when your property projects take off and you are, your whole energy shifts you know mm. it's the meaning isn't it yes mm. because um when when you do education and people talk about the strategy and everything they talk about financial freedom so how much do you need to be able to leave your job and all that kind of thing and they find a lot of people get to that figure leave their job and they say well where next yeah, they, they lose a lot of motivation because up to that point it's been all about the money yeah and although a certain amount of money is important in life um after that you need something else to drive you to push you forward and it has to be something that you passionately um engage with otherwise you're not going to do it yeah i completely agree with that i think even when when i quit my day job it took me a long time to figure out what the hell to do with all that time <laughs> that i had because mm. i was able i was investing in property and working full-time and suddenly you've got this these 40 hours a week now that are free to do something else with you're like hmm, what do I do now <laughs> yes and I, I was lucky with the family history thing because I sat down with my, my mentor and I said right okay so I don't have a job anymore I've got this portfolio which is fairly on an even keel now what do I do and he goes well, what do you love doing um can we make another create another income stream here and I said well yeah I like family history you know, and that's that's how that started. So he said, right, we'll formalise it, set it up, and there's another income stream. Um, not megabucks, of course, but it's something I absolutely love doing and um, invest my time in. And then, you know, you 
it gets you out there you're talking to people you're sharing one thing and then something else comes up in conversation and um takes you all sorts of places mm-hmm. yeah it's so, it's so lovely i think i i really like the analogy of of the tree because i think it really encompasses all that you do and mm-hmm. all that you're very interested in so yeah like this idea of taking root but growth and like yeah something sturdy about a tree something natural about a tree. yeah i mean i'm not forcing this branding on you but it is interesting that it came from your mouth and i think you should pursue it i'm feeling the tree vibe is what i'm yeah, saying absolutely and fun yes and i i just said it's a throwaway because it was an example of you know collective and you saying that and it was almost like i, I was destined to say it but i hadn't quite seen it in my own head yet <laughs> And then yeah. you point it out to me. But yeah, because yeah. now I'm thinking about these summer houses and you could have like a little den or a base or something. And it could be, um, you know, there's big trees where you can hollow out yeah. and get inside the trunk. And then maybe you can have a branch coming down and it yes. can be just something you can sit on, but it's a slightly higher level um, and almost like a shelf. But it looks like a branch of a tree and it just makes the, the whole area sort of a little bit multi-level without being you know, dangerous or risky or anything and and then you paint a big tree mural on the wall and yeah and it is about roots and stability and then um somebody said the best thing you can give your children is um oh god root roots and wings something like that but roots so they feel grounded but wings to fly so they can go off and achieve great things so it change that to branches, branches for yes. growth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, lovely. And also there's um there's something very therapeutic about trees. So people yes. joke about tree hugging, but actually there could be like a, you could have like tree corner and, you know, where children, if they're feeling sad or they're feeling lonely, that they can hug a tree. Mm. And, you know, it's like, a, again, it's that sort of sense of safety and connection, but also trees. Lots of people adorn trees with things. So it could be like a creative center as well. You can hang things. So mm. um, where was I? I was at the other day. I was, at, I was in Bath having lunch and what this beautiful pub had a tree right in the middle of it, it was a synthetic tree. But I don't know how much something like that would cost, but having something like that in the center of your tree house in the garden that you could adorn things with, they sort of attach creative projects to, you know, that's removable, it's not permanent, but it's changeable. There's something so lovely in that idea. I really encourage you to explore it. I think it's just encapsulates all you're doing in property. Yeah. And it would be nice to plant a tree in the middle of the garden. Oh my God. Trees not only then not only that but if it's a sapling then the kids get the opportunity to nurture it and watch it grow yes and then in 30 years time there'll be another child in there who'll be able to see it a bit big you know and then there might be kids who come back and say i when i was here that was a sapling yeah so you, there's obviously limits to that because obviously what you don't want to create is a forest in the garden because if there's a high turnover of children this could be an issue because in my mind it's one tree per child so you're going to have this amazing tree and then it's that do you know what i mean so it's like they, well, surely they that, have to take the tree with them when they when they go oh come on how what it's like well, maybe we'll, ask, we'll ask well we'll ask niall on what the, the, the correct type of tree uh, yeah which, which has a skinny enough um trunk so it's bonsai well, yeah, uh, I was actually, I was thinking about that. No, I was just in one tree and it's just the communal tree for the house, maybe. Ah, okay. But, oh, but um, I love the idea of it being one tree per child because then it's like the child's it's gonna be 30 years later and you're like, oh, that was Stanley. Oh, that yeah. was Ruth. No, no, yeah. child. Yeah, 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 I, I, I honestly think you probably go by a like 
just half an acre for peanuts um, or forest. And then and you could add that as well. So but you, if you're going to name your houses after trees, you can have the tree for that specific house in the garden. So if it's birch house, you plant a birch tree. If it's yeah. oak house, you plant an oak tree. Yeah. yeah. Red redwood. Buy <laughs> <Yes>. a <laughs> <laughs> <Like> forest. Redwood. <laughs> the good thing about redwood is that that implies that your portfolio and your wealth, as long as well as all the positive stuff you're doing in community. Um, is going to last for the best part of a thousand years. There we go. Certainty. Certainty. We're back to certainty. I love it. <laughs> so I, I believe, Ben, you've come primed with a question for us as well. Thank you for moving us away from yeah. trees. Um, sorry it's up on a complete tangent and it's a shame well it's not as if we haven't been on one already today. <laughs> well, ask us about trees ask us about yeah, trees right. what's our favorite really tree if, I'm really if you were to this. be a tree what would you be yes. <laughs> you, you massively helped. i didn't realize this was going to be such a productive <laughs> we'll send you our invoice don't worry don't right. worry yeah um so my question was um as property investors you obviously do a lot of driving um, to your investment area and that kind of thing. So I was going to ask, what is your favourite motorway service station? <laughs> <laughs> Can I take this first? Yeah, please do. I love the fact that you're ready to go with this answer. No, because the reason I'm ready to go, Ben, you're going to love this. Okay, go on. I don't drive. <laughs> so, um, and I invest in Grimsby and Lincoln. Those are my, my two, and Cleethorpe. So those are my little patches. Yeah. So um, I, I, I train it. So I actually have to absent myself from this answer. Oh, okay. So oh, boys, well. no pressure. You, no, no he's pressure. Look at Matt, he's Googling. I can see him. He's Googling yeah, yeah. right now. I'm going to say Watford Gap. Okay. Watford Gap. What, it's what, what comes it? into my head right now. That's why. Because I, I, I don't, I can't differentiate between them. To be honest, yeah. because I could I could stop at uh, any of the service stations. I don't tend to pick the same one each time. It's just whenever I need to pee or whenever I need to fill up the car or whenever mm -hmm. I want a coffee, it's when mm -hmm. I'll stop. So, um, but Watford Gap's the only one that comes to my mind as being like a and one that I remember the sign of. Okay, when it says Watford um, Gap in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that because it is Watford Gap? It's you know that and you, the unusual. But because does the when anyone. Um, talks about living in London, or sorry, talks about up north whilst they're living in London, it's yeah. anything above Watford Gap, yeah. so that always yeah. sticks in my head. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I did have to do a little quick Google to remember the name of the service station, because I um, I can't remember the name of it, but um, there is a service station which is uh, called T-Bay ah, Services. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, which is in Cumbria, so on the way to Scotland. So if you're ever driving to Scotland, the Glasgow way, um, then um yeah you want to stop at t-bay and you make a you make a pretty much a day of it at t-bay yeah. why why is it so good google it it's called yeah. a t-e-b-a-y really? services is it, junction, yeah. is it junction 38 or 36 or something? how do you know what how, how? <laughs> <laughs> right confession what is your brain confession <laughs> time apart from doing too many miles in a car i'm a bit of a um service station nerd and I, i've got this mini ambition to write a well a book but it would obviously have to be an app as well um that, that evaluates all the service stations in the country so when you're driving along and you go i want a costa because costa's not everywhere starbucks isn't everywhere mcdonald's isn't everywhere I, I really want a costa right now where's the next costa one 
ah, if I just hang on for a couple more junctions, I'll get it. That sort of thing. Or um, like for the truckers, I need a shower. Now, not every service station has a shower, but here are the good ones and here are the what is that sort of thing. Looks uh, like they've got a farm up here and everything. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. There's a pond. Yeah. There's a pond. Just, yeah. it's, it's, on, it's, on a, it's on a lake. It's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Now, my favourite is, is my second favourite is T-Bay. My favourite is Gloucester Services because Gloucester Services is T-Bay's sister. And it's exactly the same idea. There's a, there's a pond, but it's even more eco-friendly. And what's nice about Gloucester Services is they only employ or they make, I don't know if you can discriminate like that, but they make the effort to employ local people. Oh my God, this is a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. And also Gloucester Services is my home service station, so I'm very proud of it. And I was there on opening day and all sorts. Proud, bias, you know, one next totally, to... But, so I'm just really pleased that it's nice because I, I found that service stations used to be quite good like 20, 30 years ago, because they were all quite individual. And it was like a canteen, like a school canteen. So you'd actually go in and get served a proper dinner. Whereas now it's all um, fast food chains and Costa and Starbucks and stuff. So it's a bit um, sterile. 30 years ago, I, all, all I remember is just going to Little Chef. Little Chef, that's exactly yeah, the yeah, right. Little, little yeah. Chef to get a lollipop. Yeah, yes, yes. yes. You if you finish a plate. Yeah, mm. the lollipop. Yeah, and the plates were massive. Do you remember? Like, there were huge white oval things, and then you'd be just start stuffing this thing down so you could get your fizzy, yellowy, orange lolly at the end. Like, yeah, random flashbacks. Oh, my God, Ben, this is a whole world, man. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, is Gloucester Services actually twins with T-Bay, or are they just the same idea? Um, they're twins. It's mentioned. Um, if you go in, there's a plaque. <laughs> Yeah, they're sister services. Every day is a school day. This is news to me. It's because oh, I don't God. drive. Like I'm not in. I'm not in this world. But yeah, like I, I, I do drive, and I wouldn't have a clue of any of that. But I don't pay enough attention. No. But I don't pay any attention when I'm driving. I just go. <laughs> yeah, our family business began life on a Cumbrian hill farm, so it looks like it is the same same guys. Hmm. No, do you um, know, my, my thing of um, service stations is Niall and I were at a service station the other day. We were driving back from Matt's wedding, actually, from, in, from Cornwall. And we, we arrived at the service station and I had a phone call. And my mum, her was ringing, she went, where are you? And I said to Niall, where are we? And neither of us. <laughs> it was actually quite a nice service station as well, but I had no idea where we were. <laughs> somewhere between here and Devon <laughs> but all I remember is I was eating those scampi fries I was eating those scampi fries and one had got lost down the side of the car seat and they stink so bad those things so I like it, it's like his, his partner's car and I was just like oh my god like code red we were more concerned about the scampi <laughs> fry under the car seat we had no idea where we were not even a clue I mean but you like no, oh, it could have been um could have been Cheveley. Cheveley. And Gordana. Yeah, well, was it Cheveley? <laughs> Let me Google it to see what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's um Newbury. That's near Newbury, Junction 13. Why do I think we were well, we were beyond Bristol, weren't we? We were definitely beyond Bristol. So you were on the M4, were you? Were we, we were. on the M4 now? <laughs> yeah, you must we were. Have. Okay, there so we go. knew that much. Great. So everyone's now frantically Googling um, for service stations. So um, <laughs> well, it's like, please in, hold the line. On the, um, 
on the, on the Chris Moyle show, when you did the breakfast show, Radio One, they used to talk right. about it quite a lot as well. And then it's also referred to on um, on Gavin and Stacey, because obviously oh, really? they're between Essex and Barry. And, oh. and then, um, what's he called? Smithy gets all excited and goes, we've got to stop at Cheveley, we've got to stop at Cheveley, and stuff like that. And I think, yeah, I, I kind of get where you're going. Cheveley? <laughs> I don't know if it, it was... No, I don't think it was Cheveley. Because it don't wasn't... Know. It wasn't great. I mean, it was okay, but it, it was okay. Yeah, great. We went and had Starbucks, and that was it, wasn't it? We didn't really do anything else. And yeah, I mean, honestly. So, you got, so if you pass Bristol, you got Lee Delamere, then Membry, then Cheveley, and then um, Heston. One of those. One of those. <laughs> I can see why you go into ancestry. This this yeah. is making a lot of sense. Your yeah. brain likes connections and r things that yeah I get it <laughs> it's great I, I did it. not think that that question was going to go in that direction when you asked it no it's so Whoa. great yeah, yeah. I, I, nice. I asked it now yeah that's a good like Joe Joe one weekend you've just got to hire a car and go but when I say back. when I say I don't drive I actually mean I can't drive ah right okay so like, and you know, partly because of just, I've never, I've never, I live in London. So like, there's never really been the immediate need. And even when I got into property, I was a bit like, oh, surely, no, not, not really. Like it's never, yeah, I just, oh, I don't know. I've just never done it. So yeah, but now, now that I have a newfound love for service stations, yes. I'm reconsidering the but whole thing. Wow. But all you need to do is just get really good at, um, you know, throwing a ride. No, side of side, side of the side of the road. Just sort of a bit massive sign that says T Bay or Gloucester Services, and then um, you know you can then hop between service stations. And that sounds very them. safe. Yeah. Sounds very take, safe. Take me to the next service station. That's it, and vlog it, and then you'll be an internet sensation. Oh my god, there's a whole money making element to this as well. Yeah. And everyone thought, wow, okay. Oh, and then right, the, and then the part two of my book about the service stations is sort of the opposite. So if you don't fancy the service stations because they're all mcdonald's costa starbucks it's going to be if you hang on to junction five and turn off and go down this little road and turn left you'll find a really nice pub that does pop a pub grub that kind of thing so it's not too far off the motorway and it's convenient yeah. so um, but it avoids you having to eat fast food yes yeah, so, so, so um lara lives in devon and we've got a halfway spot mm -hmm. um exactly halfway which i've forgotten the name of it what's it called Ask Ben. Ben knows. <laughs> What's halfway between Exeter and Worthing? Um, oh my God, Southampton. you actually... No, no, it's beyond Southampton. It's, um, it's yeah, so there's, there's, there's two places that we stop. One oh, which is a market town, and then there's, there's a place which is a pub, literally halfway. Oh, the between. World's End, the World's End. It's not the world's end, oh. um, but we, we we made the mistake of thinking, oh yeah, we'll we'll put Emmy in the Emmy's my daughter who's right. um, like sixteen months, put her in the car, um, and then we'll we'll stop for lunch, stop stop for dinner about seven seven o'clock when we get there. Mm -hmm. Big mistake. Never take as a, um, a fifteen month old um, child who's just been in a car for two hours into a pub where you've got um, adults having dinner and romantic stuff and and a, a, like a sixty year birthday party and. Right um yeah don't do it so it's during the day thing is the pub is, is the lunchtime corf mullen oh yeah it's along the a31 yeah uh, see i've driven that road a lot of times as well because when i used to go up to portsmouth to research my family history um i was um i'm from cornwall originally so i drive from redruth to portsmouth on a regular basis a31 or m 
A30, A31, A35, all that. Um, yeah, loved it. Go past um, Prince Charles's town. What's it called? Poundbury. That's on the route as well. Um, and the Jurassic Coast. Oh, it's beautiful. If you drive back to Cornwall from Portsmouth, you get the sunset over the Jurassic Coast. That's well. Oh, so yeah. nice. Yeah, the Jurassic Coast. Quite a great drive now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a glass of wine. I want a glass of wine and log fire in a pub, in a country pub. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, there you go. So that would be my old alternate to a service stations thing. And then they could be on A road. And actually, I was um, halfway up Kilimanjaro um, with a group of friends. I was talking to um, Dee in our group. Oh, and she, because she was talking about that portion of the Cornwall route, and she's, she was asking me for good places to stop, and I was giving some advice, and she said, right, as soon as you've done your, and I told her about the book, she said, as soon as you've done it, I need to have it, because I need to know where I'm going to be stopping for food um, on my way down. <laughs> so there's, maybe there's a market out there for it. Who knows? <laughs> well, it's kept us talking for like 10 minutes, so there must be. Well, like, um, on, on, on that note, we probably need to move on. Oh, oh tree. Oh, God, honestly, can I just say, unexpected train of discussion trees mm-hmm. service stations where are we going next yeah. anywhere licensing licensing I'm going yeah. to don't, don't think about it don't even think about it that'd be a massive anti-climax wouldn't it wouldn't it <laughs> now it's quiz time for you okay i'm going to i'm going to scroll through all of our previous episodes you shout right. stop at any point and then you just give us your view on that particular topic right. your human so, view your human view yes Okay, so I am scrolling. Stop. Oh, look at that. Episode 11. Property Shut up. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> oh my God, I would love that <laughs> so much. <laughs> so we're, we are on um, episode 15. Is your family invested? Oh, family. Yeah. yeah. So you with all the family connections, do they invest with you are they on board with what you do right um they're kind of on board with what i do by default um (laughs) when i i i when i signed up for my um education and paid a fortune i told my family i was doing some courses but i didn't tell them how much it was going to how much it cost and they said oh go on tell us tell us us." i said all right i'll tell you when you're all together at christmas so i made a big thing of it and then i made them all guess and stuff like that so then they knew, and then and they all thought I was mad. And then a while later, I was trying to explain it to mum, and her word, her literal, literally, her words were, "Stop talking, you're making me feel sick." Oh my gosh! So I said, "Okay, fine, no problem." So I stopped talking about it. Obviously, she knew I was going to carry on doing it, um, but we just didn't mention it. And I didn't mention it to dad either, really, because it's funny. Mum and dad have financial challenges, which are very different from each other and I because I know about their childhoods I can see where it's come from mm. so we didn't and then a few years later when I wasn't homeless and wasn't bankrupt and wasn't turning up on mum's door begging for a bed she must have thought well perhaps this is going all right so she said so how's it going then this property stuff and I said well yeah it's going well we bought this number of houses and we're doing this and blah 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 and and she goes oh okay um and then a few years later Oh, yeah. And then she she retired and she got a lump sum um, as part of her pension. And um, she said to us boys, right, I've got some money for you. So if you need to borrow X amount, um, that's fine. I've got it. And so, for example, if you want to deposit on a house or that kind of thing. So off we went. And then I 
I said, right, I could, because um, I've bought a few, I've done most stuff with my business partner, but I've done some stuff on my own. So I went to my mum and said, you know that money um, we're allowed to borrow? Can I have mine, please? She said, what do you want it for? I said, to buy a house. He goes, no, no, no. I said, hold on a minute. If you pledge, if you let us borrow money, surely you can't dictate to us what we can use it for and not. And she goes, no, 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 you can't have it for that. And I, so I started um, playing the emotional card and I said, no, hold on a minute. Um, you've learned that my brothers and, and whatever. Anyway, so I finally convinced her that, to do this. And then we got close. I said, I need the money pretty soon. And she was coming up with all sorts of excuses. And eventually I just gave her a massive emotional blackmail nudge and she lent me the money. Um, and so I've turned it from don't talk about it or stop talking, you make me feel sick to she's actually an angel investor of mine. So albeit begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't care. Um, and actually, she now realizes I'm doing her a favor because she's getting an incredible return on her money compared to anything else she could have done. And also because she's a spendthrift, I'm actually because I've got her money now, she can't go and spend it. So <laughs> I'm doing all my, me and all my brothers a favour. Um, so, yeah, and and so all my, my family are comfortable with what I do because, like I said, I'm not homeless or bankrupt. And um, and it's all right. Uh, they'll, they'll never invest. They're not those sorts of people. Um, but that's okay um, because the stuff my business partner and I are doing, he's the money man and also he has very wealthy friends. So all the money comes from that side. Uh, I don't have to worry about it. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they accept it. Um, they see that I'm enjoying my life and they're happy that I'm happy. And that's where we are with the family. Cute. It's mm-hmm. interesting. It's, it's, it's funny, you're making me reflect because like our mums sound very similar. My mum's totally a saver, not a spender. And, you know, initially they invested in my my first buy to let in Grimsby and it was like the grand sum of 16,115 pounds. It was a huge amount of their life savings, but the idea of them just having that in the bank and spending it, which is what exactly what they would have done had the opportunity not arisen. They're now getting 15% Mm -hmm. monthly, you know, on that money. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the same principle, but if you ask my mom now, and probably the same with your mom too, you know, like, how do you feel about investment? She would just be like, it's dangerous. It's risky. It's like, even though it's evidentially working, it's just that mindset is, it's so hard to overcome, isn't it? Especially with probably an older generation mindset. Because also my my parents um, were born within a few months of each other at the end of the forties. So they, um, two, you know, aspiring middle-class parents, um, so they got the opportunity to go to university in the early seventies when you basically got paid to go. And then when they came out, they got jobs for life. And then when they retired, they got nice final salary pensions. Mm. We don't, we don't get that luxury, I'm afraid. No. Um, so uh, we have to do something different anyway. But of course, when, when that's been your norm or your life, and then your son comes to you and says, I'm doing something wacky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if there's, and there's, they're that conservative in in a financial sense yeah it's gonna panic them and I think also with dad because um I mean his dad was born a millionaire and died a pauper um and that's that's going to affect dad you know even subconsciously but probably consciously as well so he's very careful about money and completely understandably 
Um, and so I, I don't, I, you know what I do, you know how it works. If you want to come and talk to me about it or whatever, great, but I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to um, start the conversation. Yeah. Um, and off we go. But what's interesting is both my grandparents were quite entrepreneurial. So oh. it skipped a generation. That's how I look at it. And that That's goes into the family history thing. I love it. Oh, God. Well, on that note, uh, we might have to, to call a cease to uh, proceedings. Oh, <clears throat> I know. Uh, it is a shame. We have to continue this conversation offline. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben, thank you so much um, for being here. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you? I'm talking potentially about family history or anything. Yeah. Really. Okay. Uh, my website is footstepsfamily.co.uk. Nice. And um, you can email me through that. I've got my mobile number on that website somewhere as well. Um, so you can go on the website, have a look at the products and services that I provide and then drop me a line and we'll go from there brilliant thank you nicely planted nicely planted see what I did there very good well thank you very much um so let's wrap up for today so it'll be a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you, you on the next, next episode, episode.